and welcome to series four of The Confidence Fighter. I'm Mercer and on this podcast I'm here to help you find and grow your inner confidence. But before we get on with this episode I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. Okay without further ado let's get on with this episode. Hello and welcome to The Confidence Fighter and today I'm delighted to welcome Josh as my special guest. Josh, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your story? Well, hi, everybody. Thank you all for listening. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, as Maja said, my name's Josh, or my actually my, my actual name is Yosra. Um, Josh is just a nickname. I am 22 years old. I was born in Cairo in Egypt um, and moved around all over the place, really. Um, lived there for like a couple of months and then ended up moving really really young to Aberdeen so nowhere near Egypt whatsoever we saw a lot more snow than I ever had and probably have have since and yeah so moved to really north of Scotland uh, for a couple of years and then back to Cairo and then back to and then actually moved to Wales for a year and saw more sheep than than anyone really ever needs to and then back to Cairo for a little bit and then ended up settling in, in England in like the Midlands. Um, and so my family are like have been there since then. And we go like sort of back and forth and, and try and go back to Egypt as often as possible because none of our family live like in the UK apart from like me, my mum, my dad and my brother and my sister. So, yeah, just moved around lots and lots. Um, and now I'm working in London, um, trying to be an adult. It's very difficult. Um, so you move around a lot. Where do you feel your geographic identity is? I would say my identity is most Egyptian because no matter where I've travelled, I've always had the same circle of people like around me, the same like bubble. So it's my mum, my dad, my brother, and my sister. And no matter how many different friends I've made, how many people I've met in those different places, it's always been like the five of us. And what my mum and dad managed to do really, really well, and can only really thank them for this, is sort of create a little bubble of Egypt, like around me everywhere I went. So no matter where we were, we always spoke in Arabic. We always had lots of like religious and cultural traditions that we tried to keep to. Even if we were the only people like in where wherever we were that were doing that, it still always felt like there was this like immediate like little bubble around me of just like like Egyptian culture, like Egyptian food. I've only grown up with Egyptian food in the home, like in my house and Arabic. And so it's, it's, I would say that even though my geographical locations have been all over the place, my, my identities has, has sort of been very Egyptian from, from the moment I was born. Like, how did you find fitting into school? Tricky, tricky. At the start, obviously, like anybody, going to school when you're young is scary and you really, really want to make friends. You want to fit in straight away. Like, I'm sure, uh, Meta, when you, like, first went to school as well, it was scary, wasn't it? Like, you don't you don't always – you want to make good friends. You want to make sure, like, you do well and, and that you're happy at school because you see, like – I went to a school called Sunnybank School in Aberdeen in Scotland and that was – I don't really remember much of it apart from, like, it was nice. I'm sure it was, like – I had a good time. I don't. Remember, I was really young, so I don't really remember it. And what I do remember from school is that making friends got 
easier and easier every time I had to do it again. So I had to leave a lot of friends behind. The only people I've known for that long are like family because any friends that I made when I was really, really young, I moved country. Like if they were if they were Scottish or in Scotland, I haven't been back since. They were in Wales, I haven't been back since. So I kept like making friends and then having to move and so and not really keeping up with them because when you're that young, you don't have like a phone or anything. So you can't, I can't like Snapchat them or like stay in contact or anything like that. I was just like, bye. <laughs> And, and unfortunately didn't get to see them again so I don't I did never kept friends so I don't I'm not someone that will be like oh this is we've been friends for like 16 17 years like I've, I'm not I've not got that but which is sad like on one hand but on the other hand it did mean that I got very good at making friends because I had to do it so much like I can't stress that enough I had to do it over and over and over and over again so it was difficult at first, especially because I looked very different to everyone around me. I had super curly hair, my skin colour was different. Everyone was really similar. Everyone spoke English. I didn't speak English when I moved back to Scotland after being in Egypt for a couple of years. And so I, it was, they all spoke the same language. They all understood each other. I didn't understand anyone really. Um, and I looked different. So that was, that was hard. But I wasn't quite social. So I like... I don't I honestly couldn't even tell you how, how how I did it but I just I think found common ground with people found things that we like to do and 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 then picked up the language picked up English very quickly which I will say made my life a lot easier than having to just like mime things um which wouldn't have got me very far but yeah people were really lovely and understanding and, and I think my teachers definitely helped as well like get over that language barrier but I p- learned English very quickly and that made my life much much easier so it was it was challenging but I'm really glad it was that challenging because it's now like built up a really really important skill to me that I now know is really only now have I realized like wow I find it really comfortable to make friends whilst a lot of other people find it a bit awkward and challenging um the Ramadan has just finished what does that mean to you and like especially at school what was that like yeah I love I love Ramadan I'm a big Ramadan fan it's funny because like growing up you I complained a lot about Ramadan when I was when I was like your age Myrtle I would just lie to my parents and I'd be like yep I'm fasting I'm definitely fasting and I would go and like sneak like like Pepsi Max and like sweets and and it's just that's not okay like that's not but also what's funny is my parents never asked me to fast when I was really young it was very much like whenever you're ready you can start like doing half a day or like like a couple of hours or but I was really annoyingly very competitive and I just wanted to win and be better than my brother. So I wanted to fast when I was really, really young. So I would just lie to my parents and be like, yep, I'm fasting, definitely fasting, mom. Like nothing, nothing going past these lips. And I'd had like a full breakfast. But so I definitely, it was a lot more of a burden when I was younger because I didn't understand the reasons that that Muslims fast. And as I got older and as I started understanding that it's all about patience and it's all about like challenge and it's all about understanding that there are a lot of people out there that can't afford to eat and drink every single day and and when you have no, when you're not allowed to eat and drink every day you have to think about everything else about life you have to you're working the whole day and not even like you can't even think about eating and drinking and we need to eat and drink to survive so if i can not eat and drink from sunrise to sunset then i can like be really like driven for the rest of the year and I can like not do things that I don't need to do and I can really prioritize certain things that makes sense so, like it just really teaches like prioritize and to be empathetic and to to just be very patient like patient is is the biggest like patience is the biggest thing I think I learned from Ramadan but yeah I definitely I appreciated that when I got a lot older not when I was younger I was like I just want my snacks when I was younger but yeah I and as it got 
like to school so the more I started fasting in school that's when it sort of that's when I think being Muslim in like a generally um like non-Muslim school like quite a secular school was quite difficult because you get asked a lot of questions so I don't think there's ever been a year of my life where I haven't been asked like if we don't why we don't drink water so everybody knows you don't eat but a lot of people don't realize you also don't drink water when you're fasting um and that always gets a big reaction everyone's like oh my god that's torture and you're like so yeah so I, I just got asked a lot of questions at lunchtime for example my school didn't have anywhere for me to go that wasn't like a canteen so I had to sit with my friends when they were all eating their lunch and their break um and I just like just wouldn't which now I'm fine and I, I got used to it but I've seen a lot of schools recently because I work in schools and so I've seen a lot of schools recently that have like a room for their Muslim students to go and and like hang out in at like lunchtime which is so cool because I wish I had that growing up but I, I didn't I just sort of had to to be around my my friends and I played a lot of sports at school as well so I had a lot, a lot of like rounders I don't know if you do rounders at your school much you? so like you know someone's like rounders so we I loved rounders I was second base which I always like to show off about <laughs> yeah I played a lot of rounders and that was obviously in summer and that was always during Ramadan and so you'd be doing like long days of tournaments and I wouldn't be drinking any water which was really silly for me but because I was young I just wanted to get involved I didn't really think about like whether it would be bad for me or not and the school didn't ever like question it they always like like would ask me to play and, and they didn't really ever think like oh maybe we should actually like make sure that Yoshi's okay because she's she's running around in the heat and she's not drinking any water like I no one ever like asked so it's little things like that that I'm like it was tricky at school and I think no one really made it easier for me I just got used to how tricky it was but it, it, it like it was a really good opportunity for people to ask about my religion not many people did like a lot of people I think are quite scared to ask questions about things that they don't want to offend somebody but Ramadan was always a really good time because people asked so many questions every single year it was like oh like why did you do this or oh I could never do that and like the people I think really like react quite strongly to Ramadan and so that it makes them ask questions which I think is always a good thing. How has the way religion influences your life changed since you were younger? Oh my gosh um so anyways I think first of all it's that I my religion I've never been able to like separate my religion with any other part of me like I don't I, I never saw it as like an added part of like me and who I am. It was always just the way everything about the way I was raised was influenced by Islam. Um, from the moment I was born, like when I don't know if many people know this actually, but when you're born Muslim, your father like whispers a prayer into your ear as soon as you come out the womb. And that's part of like announcing a child or a newborn baby as being Muslim. So literally from the moment you're born, you are like brought into the, into this religion and everything I think parents do, Muslim parents do is, is, is influenced by by our religion but I think as I've grown older it's become less about knowing what I'm not allowed to do so when you're younger and especially I think Muslim children growing up in like the west or growing up in like non-Muslim countries like the UK I think it's it's your religion sometimes can feel like all the things you're not allowed to do so it's like okay I can't like I can't have a boyfriend when I'm at school because of my religion I can't like do this because of my religion I can't do this do you know what I mean it's like yeah. I'm because of all the things that I can't do that's definitely how I think I thought about religion when I was younger because that's what it sort of sometimes could feel like if I wasn't doing the same things that everybody around me was doing and that was the reason that I had to like say to them because I didn't really understand it myself because I was a child but then as I've grown up as I've grown like older and older it's more just that every like the way I 
look at things so it's not just what I can't do but it's what I do everything I do do is like everything that I do is shaped by my religion so instead of instead of like oh my religion is just telling me what I can't do it's now it's like my religion is shaping everything I, I do and everything that I and the way that I do it as well and like who I'm doing it for and why so yeah there's been a massive like flip like literally completely 180 switch I don't see Islam or my religion as something that stops me doing things that I want to do instead it's it's a massive drive for me doing everything that I love and everything that I that I want um I wish I can seem like quite a complex answer but it's such a like internal thing and a lot of people are on different like roads with their with their religion I'm by no means like where I want to be I think my parents definitely want me to be praying much more than I am now and remember my religion in in every part of my life I now sort of I'm still at that place where I turn to like religion a lot when I'm really stressed or anxious about something and I like that's when I pray the most is when I'm really nervous or when I don't really know what to do when it should really be that I always sort of have that when I'm really happy and when I'm really stressed and when I'm really proud and when I'm really like um anxious or or whatever it is what is the scariest thing you've ever done and how do you how do you find confidence when you feel scared do you know what's funny? I, I don't really get scared. Well, that's that's a lie. Should I just I just lied straight to your face. <laughs> I get I get nervous. I definitely get nervous, and pressure makes me nervous. So whenever I have to do something that I really really want to do really well, I get I get nervous. I get scared. Like the first time I I sat an exam, I was really really nervous. The first time I did like a speech in front of lots of people, I got very nervous. But that's always not because I'm like scared of failing I'm never scared of things going really badly I'm just always worried that they're not going to be as good as I think can be or that I'm going to disappoint somebody so with school it was uh, with school and uni I was just didn't want to disappoint my parents I really really like they paid so much money for me to study in London and I had the privilege of having parents that can support me being in London and, and studying at an amazing university and doing a degree that I loved and so I was like I needed to get a grade that they would be proud of so a lot of what I did at uni and school was to make them proud um, at work now it's like I, lo- I work with people who I care about so much and who who and I know how much they care about the the cause and the, what we do so I just never want to disappoint them so a lot of the fear I think I've experienced is fear of like disappointment instead of like fear of things going really really wrong I, like I'm not I'm not someone who's scared of like things being going wrong or me being really embarrassed like I embarrass myself every day like it's fine it's just more I just don't want to disappoint people so I think in terms of like the scariest move and the the, like riskiest thing it's not it's not one particular like life decision that I made because actually most of the big things that have like shaped where my life have gone have completely not even been me that's chosen them like going on a trip there was one trip I went to at school and I wasn't going to go for so long because all of my best friends dropped out of it and I was like ah I'm just gonna go and I had a couple friends that were still going but I was like I'm just gonna have to get close to these people and that's gonna be fine I made friends for life from that trip and I actually almost drowned on that trip which is the physically scariest thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) um I got caught in these like riptides I don't know so I was stupid enough to, for everyone that's listening don't go when the coast guards tell you don't go in the water they're not being annoying they actually mean it because we got in the water and we got caught me and my me and my like one of my best friends at the time rachel got caught in these riptides and we had to be pulled out but the rope that they were supposed to pull us out with was actually in my bag 
and no one knew it was in my bag because everyone had been given a bit of like emergency kit and that was the one I had but because I was busy drowning nobody could find the rope and so it took them so long and yeah obviously we are fine in the end (laughs) but that was a very dramatic scary experience what do you do when you feel scared I'm not gonna lie I laugh (laughs) like I I find life very funny like things make me laugh when really serious situations make me laugh I'm always at it always surprises me just how serious people take like their life and it is kind of quite embarrassing most of the time because I think I laugh at the people around me and I go to people I love and I try and make things funny like as soon as we almost drowned what we I walked out and I was like I don't even remember what it was I would just after like a couple minutes I just found it so funny I was like how embarrassing like I just almost drowned like and I just had to laugh because otherwise I was, it, w- w- the other option was just sitting and like, being really sad and crying and, and I don't so for some people that works really well but for me I can't I have to just like I have to have a moment where I'm a bit like wobbly but then I just have to make it funny because I have to, that's the only way I really deal with things what advice would you give to your 13 year old self now if you could go back in time um I'd say stop straightening your hair straight away. I'd be like, put those straighteners down because A, they're really bad straighteners and no, you don't, it doesn't look good. But yeah, I definitely tell myself to stop, stop straightening, just stop ch- trying to change the way I looked. When I was 13, I really didn't like the way I looked at all. I didn't look like anybody around me. Everybody had like lovely, lovely straight hair. Um, I didn't, my body was different to everyone around me. I, I wanted to change myself all the time. I wanted to look like everybody else. And I didn't realize that I, that just was never gonna happen. I was never gonna, I was never going. And I also, that even if that did happen, I wouldn't feel any happier. So I would tell my 13 year old self to stop ch- trying to change the way I looked. Also, I think to, n- to not be embarrassed of being different. Like I found it really embarrassing wearing like tracky track suits, like tracky bottoms or whatever, like call them in PE for example, because everybody else was wearing a skirt and my mum didn't want me to wear a skirt because she didn't feel comfortable um, with my legs being like out in PE um, because of just like the cultural difference between like doing sports in, in Egypt and doing sports here, she found that really uncomfortable. And I was really embarrassed to have to go in and be like, oh, I need to wear, because my mum didn't speak very good English. I had to tell my like PE teachers that, that I needed to wear tracky bottoms and not a skirt. So I found that really embarrassing and I, I didn't want to do that. And so for ages, I just I just didn't, I wore my skirt. And then when my mum would come and pick me up, I put my tracky bottoms on to try and make it look like I'd had them on the whole time. And then because it just made me really embarrassed to wear them and I, I didn't, realize at the time that there's nothing to be embarrassed about and actually I didn't want to have my I felt uncomfortable wearing a short skirt I wasn't I wasn't that didn't make me happy but I wanted to fit in more than I wanted to be comfortable so I yeah I just it was it was and it was tough and it was and I didn't understand why I was so embarrassed but it's just because I was too young to understand that I just tell myself to to not be so scared to be different and that one day being different was actually going to be really cool and it would be the like most interesting thing about me which now I think it is like me me sort of being a bit different to the people I'm around is is the is the most interesting thing about me and it's not it's not scary anymore what's your favorite inspirational quote I like this question because I I actually hate quotes (laughs) and that's what's really funny about this I have never been a quotes person I also understand that they stick in people's minds so much the, f- the quote that I grew up with is, a- is actually in Arabic, it's not in English, but I can translate it for you. 
God wouldn't put something in your path unless he thought that it would that it was something you were a capable of doing or b would teach you a massive lesson so it made me hearing that from a really young age like, and that's something that your loads of parents say like over and over and over again like so it's it literally is god wouldn't wouldn't put something in your path unless he thought that you were a up for it or b like it would teach you a big lesson and that meant that anything that was really like scary i was like i physically can't do this my english level like my english a level exam like before i was like I'm not doing this. I fundamentally, I'm not going into school tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I was like, I put my hands down. I'm not doing this. And my parents were just like, like, you're being stupid. Like this is either, either A, you're going to smash it. And because you were always up to it or B, what you fail. And like, you don't, you're not able to use English for whatever, like it was, but then even if you do fail, well, you were, it's meant to, it's just going to happen, isn't it? Like there's nothing you can do now that's going to stop that happening. So it just made me very like okay I'll do my best in every situation I will always do my best I will always work hard but if the outcome isn't what I expected then there's a reason for that and I think that mentality has really helped me like just be like oh like do you know what I'll, I'll try really really hard um and if it happens and it happens and if it doesn't then there's a reason it didn't and there's something out there that's different and that's been that's literally what happened with my degree I tried really really hard at school I got good grades I got really good grades but they were just not in the right order for the subjects I needed and that meant that I got a different offer and I went to uni the same uni but different course and met my best friend through that and loved that degree and what well, and now I use that degree way more than I would have used the other one so it's just it's been a quote in my life that I um that I've always like gone by and, and I'll say it in Arabic so it's just like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen to you unless it's supposed to for for either reason for either like a good reason or a reason that's supposed to or a reason that might not feel good straight away but will end up helping thank you so much for talking to me today no thank you for having me i've loved it thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode of the confidence fighter and you're using apple Podcasts, i would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.